You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. That would be us on a Tuesday. Welcome into the program, Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Uh, the gang is all here. We're glad you have dialed us up, tuned us in. If you'd like to just literally call and contribute to the show, you can do that. 205-873-2136. Lars, lead story above the folds. Got to be something I read just a little while ago that yesterday morning at 926, I guess that's California time, doesn't, doesn't really matter here. Bronny James collapsed cardiac arrest. Of course, he is the superstar to be, 18-year-old, that is going... Uh-oh, looks like we lost Matt. Lars, are you still here? Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize what was happening there. Yeah, it's a it's a troubling story coming out of uh, Southern California <clears throat> that uh, yesterday morning, um, Bronny James, as we know, it's the, the son of uh, the great LeBron James. He was rushed to the hospital after having a medical emergency during a basketball workout at uh, USC's uh, Galen Center uh, right around 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, a a 911 call was made and uh, Bronny James was reportedly unconscious uh, upon upon the arrival of the ambulance. And this is per TMZ. And as I've stated in the past, like, I used to not trust TMZ, but actually now TMZ does pretty good reporting, uh, especially when it comes to sports in California. So uh, this is from TMZ, uh, but uh, Bronny James is now in stable condition and no longer in the ICU, um, according to a statement issued to the athletic, uh, to the athletic, and uh, LeBron and and uh, his uh, his his family are are asking for respect and, and privacy, um, and uh, they offered their appreciation and thanks to the medical staff of USC, the athletic staff. And just um, just just everything that went into making sure that this situation didn't turn tragic, and um, you know it's it's really it's hard to fathom uh, someone as uh, as vigorous, robust, as uh, good a shape that Bronny James is in. And you would imagine that he's had uh, plenty of uh, stress tests uh, on the uh, on his on his heart and his cardiac uh, stress tests. But um, you know, he again was a, a top recruit out of Sierra Canyon High School. He averaged uh, fourteen points, five rebounds, and three assists last season. He basically could have gone anywhere in the country, but he. He committed to uh, USC over Ohio State and Oregon in May. Um, And at the time, uh, LeBron said uh, that that Bronny is, quote, the first one of the James gang to go to college. 
And this is really all we know um, at this moment. I do know that uh, LeBron James has has talked uh, about his son quite a bit and uh, and then um, and saying that, you know, his dream is to play with him for one season in the NBA. Now, does LeBronny James have the chance to be a one and done player uh, before all of this? I'm not sure about that, Um, but uh, certainly a, a, a scary story. Um, because whenever a, a basketball player collapses and is unconscious, um, to me, it just it, it brings back memories of a name that many of our younger listeners won't remember. But uh, Hank Gathers, uh, a former college star who, uh, who went through the same thing and, and tragically lost his life for uh, Loyola Marymount uh, after leading the nation in scoring. And, um, and uh, yeah, it was just a sad situation. Obviously, this is quite a bit different. Um, again, we're not getting a, a ton of information right now. But, um, you know, it's, uh, a, again, just a, a, a really scary story. And uh, I'll ask you guys at, at Tide, when, when you first heard about it, what, what did you, what was your reaction yeah, it's it was incredibly scary. Um, it's it's awful to hear so many young people having um, issues, uh, health issues. Um, it really did remind me of Shaquille O'Neal's son, who uh, played for LSU. I don't believe he might still be playing for LSU, but Sharif O'Neal, who had um, some sort of similar situation in that, had a heart surgery and came back and fixed. So. Um, and, and played. I hope and pray that Bronny is okay as well, because um, obviously his potential was through the roof, and many people were looking forward to watching him play at USC. Yeah, I, I know that just uh, a few days ago, Bleacher Report put out their <clears throat> top fifty big board, uh, and and right now for the twenty twenty four NBA draft, uh, Bronny James projects outside of the first round. That doesn't mean he can't come back, um, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's certainly the biggest freshman name in the country. He has more NIL value, according to On Three, than any other young player in, in any sport in, in the country. And um, and I know that just again on Bleacher Report's big board, and I used to work at Bleacher Report. I think they've kind of fallen off a little bit in recent years. But the one thing they do very well is cover NBA basketball because of uh, their relationship with the league and with TBS and TNT. Um, but uh, Bronny James, just in their in their projection, he sits he starts a season as number thirty six. And uh, and certainly, again, would have the ability to move up. I mean, we can just hope that everything is going to be okay with him and this won't uh, derail his career uh, in, in any way. And that, uh, that hopefully this is just a, you know, uh, just something that uh, was a, a freak thing. But you know that he's going to get the best medical treatment they're going to do every test imaginable. 
Um, I hate to say it, but some people like Elon Musk are already using this incident to spread what I would believe is, is in disinformation about the uh, vaccine. But that's that's a, that's not even important right now. Uh, Matt, you're 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 just uh, are you I mean, you must be just as absolutely shocked as I am by this news. It's just so absolutely rare that an 18-year-old kid, adult, whatever you want, an 18-year-old guy has a heart attack. Um, does that does that lead us to believe maybe there is a problem and it's been maybe since birth or something? When you get situations like this, I really hate to speculate too much. Um, I just want him to get better and play basketball again if he can. Uh, main thing is just keep himself going right now, but he's already back in stable condition. But yeah. you mentioned the NIL, and I, I, I clicked on on three, and his value is six point three million. That's value. That's not what he's making. Okay, but that's that, what on three estimates. And that, that puts him at number one, million. right? It, oh, it's number one by twice that amount. Yeah. Uh, the second is the uh, the LSU gymnast. Doom. Yes, and she's she's worth three million dollars less in value. Okay. So Bronny is six point three, and Livy is three point three. Um. So anyway, I didn't mean to get sidetracked with the NIL. Yeah, I always find it interesting to look that up. I, I like the on three rankings, but main thing is uh, get this young man healthy. If he can play basketball again, find out what's wrong. You know, it, it is such a rare occasion that an 18 year old has a heart attack you got to find out what caused it and then see if he can continue to play basketball then we hope that he can and he pulls off his superstar performance uh, like his father has would you he's say, a much would, different player i don't know if you've seen him play or not but he's a yeah. 6'3 190 uh he's not his dad but he has some game now yeah he he does and i was just mentioning right now uh bleach report has him uh, as a projected second round pick in the 2024 draft if he chooses to go and if he can go. But w- would you say, and I know we need to go to break here, and, and we've got a lot of different stories to discuss, in, including uh, some comparisons that uh, a coach in the know is making between Nick Saban and Deion Sanders, uh, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh in trouble again. Uh, with NCA officials. Looks like he is going to be suspended for the first four games of this upcoming season. And also we have the Big Ten Media Day. It's about ready to kick off. And uh, Matt and I are going to review just some of the big stories coming out of the Big Ten. And I, I think we all can agree that the Big Ten is the second best uh, conference in the country. And we are going to be joined at uh, 1230 here in about 15 minutes by Roger Schultz, uh, former Alabama offensive lineman center. Uh, just going to be talking all things Alabama. And then at 115, the one and the only Tim Brando, who always has some interesting insights to share with us. And uh, But Matt, but before we get out of this segment, I wanted to ask you, for Bronny James to collapse, don't you think that that collapsing at a USC facility where there are medical people right around, it it is almost like a best case scenario for something so bad to happen 
because the, the medical people were on top of him right away. Yeah, uh, he's blessed in that regard. And they responded immediately, got in the hospital, admitted uh, to intensive care. Um, but he was taken out of intensive care from the way he reads pretty quickly. Um, and he's now resting in his stable. So our prayers go out to Bronny James for certain. And yeah, that's good, good stuff. Jim Harbaugh shoots his mouth off. Jim Harbaugh gets in trouble again. Can you imagine that? Boy, wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to be in front when uh, Harbaugh hits the podium? Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, Jim Harbaugh is lucky he's won the last two Big Ten championships because I don't, if he hadn't, and then this comes out, uh, he could be looking for a new job. But he's built up a lot of goodwill by beating Ohio State the last two years. And as we know, that's all that really matters. So, yeah. All right. You're listening to Big News Sports. We'll be right back, and we're brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and hot today. The high at 95. Fair tonight below 72. Tomorrow and Thursday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 94 and 97. Friday, partially sunny. A small chance of an afternoon thunderstorm. The high at 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Welcome back in to Big Noon Sports with Laura Zanderson and Matt Coulter. Interesting story that came out of the Pac-12 media days that uh, we didn't really get a chance to to touch on. And that is the fact that uh, the defensive coordinator for uh, Colorado, uh, Charles Kelly, he uh, was at Alabama uh, from uh, as the assistant defensive coordinator and safeties coach from 2019 to 2022. And he was one of Deion Sanders' very first hires. And Deion Sanders trusts him. 
uh, and uh, and with good reason. You know, uh, Charles Kelly is a heck of a coach. He's got a, a tremendous amount of experience. He's been all over the country. Uh, not much will surprise him. And, uh, and, and Matt, when he was at uh, the uh, Big 12 Media Days, uh, or I'm sorry, the Pac-12 Media Days in, in Las Vegas, um, he, uh, Kelly, had to fill in for uh, Coach Prime, as everyone is calling him, because he required a, uh, another medical procedure in uh, Denver Area Hospital. So he turned, turned that responsibility over to Kelly who has quickly emerged, I think, as Deion Sanders' very top lieutenant. And so if, uh, you know, if you're a reporter, uh, you really want to try to get to Kelly because Kelly is the one that can shed a lot of insight onto Coach Prime. And he was asked, uh, Kelly was, about, um, about the similarities and differences between Deion Sanders as a coach and Nick Saban as a coach. And I, I thought his his, uh, his answers were pretty revealing. Number one, he talked about that there's more similarities than differences. And he said, you know, first of all, they're good men. They're very good men, uh, men with conviction, men who believe in what they say, men who uh, say what they mean and mean what they say, and they do what they say. Um, and, uh, and that's very important, I think, when you are coaching not just college football players, young men or young women, but at all levels of coaching, that there is never any doubt that what comes out of your mouth is exactly what you intend and that there is no wiggle room for trying to ascertain, okay, what does this mean? You don't want a coach who speaks in metaphor, put it that way. You want a coach that just tells you the truth. And, uh, and, and Kelly said that, that Nick Saban and Deion Sanders, they tell you the truth. If you, even if you don't want to hear it, they're going to tell you exactly what they think about your work ethic, about your potential, about where you're going to fit in the upcoming team, uh, and if you fit. And uh, certainly Deion Sanders, uh, he was pretty hard on a lot of his former players and, you know, got rid of the uh, majority of the roster. And, um, and you know, the, the two obviously differ, you know, uh, when Deion Sanders arrived in Colorado, he was bragging about his Louis Vuitton luggage. I don't think Nick Saban was bragging about having Louis Vuitton luggage when he was uh, in Italy. Uh, although, who knows? He may have Louis Vuitton luggage. It's pretty nice luggage. Um, and and this and then just finally, Matt, uh, the Kelly, what he said is very similar between the two is that they set a standard, and you see that with Deion Sanders in everything he is saying to his players. Right, the, all the videos that we've seen, it seems like every. Every team meeting uh, there at Colorado is videoed and released in some form or fashion. And Dion is always talking about a standard, a standard, a standard. And you heard Nick Saban say that, the Alabama standard, uh, especially when he first arrived. But he still mentions that. And so, um, and, and that really is just the, 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 he's trying to, both coaches, 
are trying to set expectations as high as possible. You know, it, the expectation is not to finish uh, fifth in the Pac-12 for Deion Sanders. I mean, they they honestly believe that they can contend for a conference title uh, right out of the gate in, in Boulder. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but uh, certainly Deion Sanders has brought in a lot of talent. But Matt, did you ever think you'd see the day when a coach goes on for a very long time comparing or really uh, uh, assessing the similarities between Deion Sanders, primetime, and Nick Saban? You know what? I wish they'd asked him or at least used as a follow-up or said, what's different about him? Because I see a lot of things different, too, you know? Uh, of course, I'm around Nick Saban a lot more than I am Deion Sanders, but I've never liked the flashy bling style, and uh, he still embraces it. But uh, the, one of the larger concerns here, Lars, is uh, how is his health? He's not able to go to media days? I mean, has he lost the code, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, he has in the past. One time, he might lose his leg or at least the lower part of it. So uh, I just wonder how healthy he is. Is he going to be on the sideline? Um, well, he, you know, he's had um, circulatory problems in his arteries uh, for a while. And, uh, and it's the arteries that carry blood away from the heart as, a, as opposed to his uh, veins. And uh, that has caused uh, some problems for him in the past. And then just uh, four days ago, um, th- that uh, this was according to a social media post by his girlfriend, uh, Tracy Edmonds, is that uh, Dion was recovering from his second su- successful surgery to remove a blood clot in his right leg. And uh, and and that he just wasn't able to get on an airplane. I mean, I'm sure you know that when you have blood clots, the the last thing you can really do is get on an airplane and and travel. Um, and uh, and blood clots obviously can be very very serious, right? <laughs> very serious. Um, so. Uh, yeah, hopefully that uh, that uh, everything will will be okay for him. Um, and he, you know, he took to Instagram and apologized for for not being able to attend Big Twelve Media Day. But he did promise all Colorado fans, all Colorado fans, that when we uh, go out and play TCU in the season opener, I'm going to be running out in front of our team. I promise you that. And uh, I think you can be fairly certain that Deion Sanders is not going to miss that game unless there's something dramatic, unless it's, uh, things take a dramatic turn in a, in a way that we don't expect. But uh, yeah, again, hopefully this isn't a problem that keeps persisting. But uh, it's it's I, 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 you you probably know more about blood clots than I do. Um, no. I, I, I just. I just know that uh, they can be very serious if they go untreated. I've never suffered from blood clots myself. Uh, nor have I. Uh, but wish Deion Sanders the best. And who's Colorado play in their first game? Uh, TCU. And then, and then they have uh, uh, Nebraska in game two. 
that is their home opener. Um, and so uh, that will be quite uh, the charged environment at uh, Folsom Field in, in Boulder. And uh, I may try to make it to that game. And I believe that is going to be the national game uh, of week two on. Well, let's see. That would be the same. Actually, I think it's week one. I don't think it's the same week as the Texas game, but uh, I need to double check Texas, Alabama. But um, certainly it will be a a real um, rocking environment. And uh, and I, I remember when I was a kid, the only stadium that I had ever went to in the Big Eight, the old Big Eight that served alcohol was Colorado. And Matt, I'm telling you, I had no business of being at that game the way that the fans behaved. And and we had, a, my dad had a van. Of course we had a van, shag carpeting. And it was uh, silver and red. And we, we called it Big Red. And we had a, a, a like a Nebraska football helmet that uh, that served as the tire cover that went on the rear, right? Those extra spare tire yeah. cover. And by the time we got back to that after the game, guess what? It had just been shredded with a knife. That tire cover and one of our tires. <laughs> Classic. How long ago was this? This is when I was nine, ten years old. They were serving alcohol in the college game. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Neither did my and my parents uh, realized quite quickly that it was a mistake. But you know, my for us for them to take my brother and I. Um, but my dad went to law school at Colorado, and he really wanted to go back and visit some friends and visit some old uh, professors. And it was a, it was a good trip until um, we got into the stadium, and suddenly in the second and third quarter, uh, things got pretty ugly. Oh, wow. Things are going to get pretty interesting here in about two and a half minutes as Roger Schultz, former Alabama center, radio host, color analyst. Uh, he will join us as we continue Big Ben Sports presented by Haley Sensing and you know Mortgage. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to r and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. 
Hey, back on Big News Sports, Matt Coulter, along with Lars Anderson, Justin Jones, our producer on site there, Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Appreciate all of you joining us today, and also appreciate the one and only Roger Schultz joining us as well. Roger, what's going on down in South Alabama? It's hot! <laughs> You know what? That just cuts to the chase beautifully because, you know, yeah. it's the same here in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. It is just hot. Oh, yeah. It is hot. Hey, Tuscaloosa is always hot. Always, when I was down there, man, I said, this has to be the hottest place in Alabama. Yeah. You know, nice there's got there ha- there has to be a meteorological explanation for that. And I need to ask my friend James Spam because it seems like Tuscaloosa gets more severe weather and it's always hotter there by about five degrees because always. I, live Bur- I live in Birmingham and I work in Tuscaloosa and uh, and it, it, it's always hotter there. I, I just I don't understand why. It's because it's, it's on a plateau or something like it's not, it's the. Titanic, the platonic shift or whatever they call that thing. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's like it's at the entrance to the state of Alabama and it just catches all the hell. Uh, Roger, you weren't there yet, but I remember one year in Tuscaloosa, the temperature was over 100 degrees for 10 straight days. Ridiculous. Oh, 10 straight days. And I, I still went to class. Um, what hey, is, Roger. Is, is Phoenix over like 120 now for 20 straight days? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I don't know what's going on with this weather. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. All right. I've, uh, Roger, love to have you on just because you're a great guest. But I want to kind of focus on Alabama's offensive line. And particularly after listening to J.C. Latham and his confidence. Do you see Alabama returning more to the run game? They're certainly recruiting offensive linemen that appears that's the direction they're going to go. And a third part of this question, how good can they be, the O-line? Well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of expectations for them because they've been talking big. You know, J.C. Latham talked big, uh, but Book, Booker talks big. I mean, I think there's a lot of expectation, and I think that they have to kind of deliver just because of the fact that there's a quarterback question, right? I mean, obviously there's going to be an inexperienced quarterback or at least a quarterback new to the system and and all that that's going to be playing. So there's a lot of pressure on the offensive line, but I think they want their – it seems ever since the spring and all this summer is like they're kind of welcoming that pressure and they're like addressing it. They want to be tougher. Like, you know, there was a couple times, I think it was Tennessee game at one point in time, and I think it was like four or five minutes left in the game. All you got to do is get a yard, get a first down, and pretty much you can salt that game away. I think the same thing happened in the LSU game. You've got to be able to get a yard if you're an offensive line. you got to feel like you can get that yard. And I think that's kind of the mentality that they're taking is like, we're going to get the yard and we're going to win these games. Roger, uh, Alabama has had a few five-star offensive linemen that for whatever reason just haven't worked out in recent years. And I don't want to get into names. We all know who they are. Is there a common thread for why uh, an O-lineman who comes in, again, as a really highly touted guy, uh, it just it just doesn't work? Is there, like I said, is there a commonality? It's, 
Yeah, I think if you go back and look and look where they played high school and look who they played against in high school, sometimes you're just bigger, right? Uh, when you get to college, everybody's your size. Then you can play guys that are comparable size to you, a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger, you know. And I think that has a lot. I can remember at Alabama where we recruited guys that, you know, played at like a small high school and ended up at Alabama and just got overtaken. But then you get the kids that, you know, was a, a three-star prospect from Atlanta. Well, they played against D1 guys every week, so they can adjust to the game. So I think that's part of it. And sometimes I think it's hard to predict the development of these guys. I mean, you know, it's some of them come in, you know, they're they're a big-time prospect. They weigh 380 pounds. Well, you know, 70 of it's fat, right? Or it's just like mm-hmm. some of them got to come in and lose weight. I'm always I'm always of the thing, if I'm going to recruit linemen, I'd rather recruit a kid about 260, 275 and put good weight on him than a kid and make him lose weight. It's just hard to lose weight. And I think sometimes that happens in the evaluation period. I think some of the kids will do well. I mean, what is that? The defensive tackle came in and lost a lot of weight. I mean, that's the first thing he had to do to be played good. Hell, he had to get 100 pounds off of him. I mean, that's a big task. Roger, when people do recruit offensive line, what are some of the things that are must as far as characteristics in order to do like you did and that start four years in the Southeastern Conference? Well, I think uh, there are a couple things. I think obviously you got to have good feet. I think I think uh, like bench press, all that that strength is kind of a little overrated. Even though I was really good at that, but that's kind of a little over. You got to have good feet. Um, you got to kind of understand the game. But you look at kids. You look at guys that like throw the shot put and wrestle in high school. If those kids, if offensive linemen have that in their background, they're usually pretty good offensive linemen because they kind of understand leverage. They got to use hip explosion to be good. So if you get a kid that can, you know, throw the shot put over 50 feet and can wrestle, uh, you know, was you know a real a competitive wrestler, th- those those guys have a tendency to do well. You get a guy that just all he does is train for football and you know I know there's a couple guys that Alabama signed that they train they just train for football and they get there and they can't make it because they just train you know you gotta you gotta be well rounded you got I think you gotta be athlete you gotta be smart you gotta have a little toughness to you you know everybody everybody talks toughness but what is toughness right I mean I, you know, that's how Alabama, we want to be tougher. You know, you, you listen to, I just listened to Brent Key talk about Georgia Tech. He goes, well, we're going to have a tough mentality. Well, what is that? I mean, I'd fight you anywhere, you know. Uh, but there's a thing about being tough and being smart. Uh, you know, you can't, but you just got to have that just will just not to get whipped. I mean, somewhere along the line, you got to care a little bit about what you're doing. So that's a lot. It's a lot to ask. But, uh, like, but JC uh, Latham, when he was at that, when he was at the SEC media days, he was speaking truth. He was speaking from the heart. speaking like a guy that – and and the thing is, is, I've watched him play enough to can back all that up. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, there's some guys that talk a lot of talk, can't back it up. He, he definitely backs it up. So. Roger, um, uh, before we get back to Alabama's uh, current offensive line, I want to talk about your number one recruit, and that is your wife, Paige. I didn't realize this until recently that Paige is uh, Auburn true and true. How has that worked yeah. out? How has that worked out for your marriage? Great question. Well, uh, yeah, hey, hey, pretty good until one day out of the year. So, it, or anytime, anytime Alabama plays Auburn in anything, 
we we are not together. We will not watch it together. We will not go to it together. Uh, other than that, we can we can handle it. But when it comes to when it's a head to head competition and they're involved, we we kind of have to go our separate ways. Or it gets a little. It, and it was worse the earlier on when we were first got married. Days I'll, I'll never forget when we had our son. My sister in law put like a Auburn onesie on it, and I about had a. I mean. Could take it. And I was about to say, look, she will never be allowed to come over to our house again. She does that crap. Like she had it all dressed up and went have that for, 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 for professional pictures done. I go, that's unacceptable. I said, I don't approve of that. That ain't going to happen. Don't let it happen again. And uh, we kind of laid ground working, but it worked. It worked. That's what I tell everybody. You know, when she met me, I was over four hundred pounds, and you know, it, you know, it is a cow college down there, so I look like a cow. So it worked out great. And did Ivan, your son, end up Roll Tide or War Eagle? He's a he's a Roll Tide guy. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's a, yeah. So my wife said we didn't need to do either one of those when he was growing up. So we cheered for Stanford, the Cardinal, which, you know, their uniforms are thinking. I was smart enough to do that. And my wife bought into the academic part of it. But I was really just doing it because it was the colors. And it worked out perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, then he got you know he gets old enough to go to school, so that worked out great. But it's uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a yeah million dollar question in the Alabama camp. Who's going to be the quarterback? What is Roger Schultzman? I'm telling you, I mean, down deep, I think it's going to be Ty Simpson. Uh, I, that's my gut feeling. Um, I just that's what I think. I don't. I mean. I just, I just feel that's what it's going to be. I mean, he, I think he's going to have to learn. He's young. I think he can do a good job, but, uh, I, I just like him. But that, you know, that quarterback from Notre Dame, whatever his name is, Buck, whatever his name is, I can't remember Buckner. his name, but Buckner, you know, he's in there for a reason. Uh, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, too, is Ty Simpson and Milrow are two different quarterbacks, right? I mean, they're, they're two different style of quarterback so you know how, what do you want the offense to look like and I think you know with Tommy Reese the offense is, is geared more towards uh, Ty Simpson guy or Butker guy it's, it's, that's what it's geared towards I don't know it's geared towards a, a kind of a dual threat quarterback now that doesn't mean you know you start to see a lot of people kind of use two quarterbacks and it's probably not a bad thing to have a couple packages ready for Milrow I think that would definitely keep you know teams that have to prepare more and be ready and be alert and uh and i don't think that's the craziest thing either so but i think Roger, Ty Simpson at the end of the day is going to get it yeah a, a sports book just came out and uh declared that ty simpson is the favorite uh buckner is second <laughs> buckner is second and milrow is third and that sort of runs counter to what a lot of people believe. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Ty Simpson. Um, and usually when Vegas puts out a line like this, they have some sort of really good information. But um, is there a particular player on the offensive line, uh, not, not including Latham, who we know is just going to be absolutely terrific and a really high draft pick? Is there one player that you're uh, maybe who's a little bit under the radar that you're interested in seeing play this year? Well, first of all, that Booker is the dude. I don't know why he didn't start last year. 
he is phenomenal. I've even talked to offense line coach, and he's even like, dude, that guy, can, that guy's a player. And you know, he and Laven went to. I think they both went to IMG Academy and played next to each other. So, yeah. um, there's obviously there's that familiarity. But he's a player. Seth McLaughlin at, at, uh, that plays center, I think, does an outstanding job. And I think the offense was always better when he was in the game, either making the calls or just executing the play. But uh, I like those guys. I think they got to kind of figure out what they're going to do with that other tackle position. But uh, but Booker's a dude, man. I mean, that guy. He's real deal, man. And if, if I could follow up real quick, um, do you think we are going to see a substantial change in the offensive philosophy this year as opposed to last year when Alabama had Bryce Young and, and Bryce Young could just sling it all over the place? Do you think this is going to be more of a, I don't know, more of a traditional Alabama where it's almost a run-first offense? Yeah, I think it's going to go back, yes, Saban has said that the old offensive line guys have made reference. Everybody keeps referencing that, right? So, and look, Saban's won a lot of national championships with game manager quarterbacks, you know. Um, and I think that's okay too. I think some of those guys have to be good, um, you know, uh, uh, around them. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there'll be a different philosophy. Uh, I think you have to be just because of the inexperience at the quarterback position. Um, I think it it won't be so heavily on the quarterback. It's going to be a lot of people going to have to be able to contribute. Roger, who's the toughest guy for you to handle at the point of attack when you were in the SEC? Short, stubby guys. <laughs> and uh, that, that, those are always – I love the big dudes because I could always – you know, lever, it's all about leverage, right? I was talking about leverage earlier. Uh, big dudes, man. I can get on them big dudes. Them little thought out like Willie White was a nightmare. I played against a guy yeah. named Tory Epps from Memphis. Was a nightmare. One, they were fat. In space, they were fast. And then, all of a sudden, they're strong. And they're just hard to just hard to deal with. Uh, I do not like them short, stocky guys. <laughs> but, I mean, they're just uh, hard. Like, Deron Payne, like a guy like that, that's a, that's a hard dude to deal with. What were the what was the hardest part of uh, the summer conditioning for you and and the other O linemen? Was it was there one particular drill like what the guys are going through right now? You know, before camp actually gets started, or are they are are they kind of like taking it easy to get a little rest in before the opening of camp? I think they no. I think everybody kind of gives you like a little break. And I don't even know when Alabama reports, but there'll be a few days. They'll give them a few days off, but they're going. They're they're pushing hard. Uh, but no, anything. We used to run a lot, and God Almighty, man, I used to hate. We'd run quarters. We'd run eight. I mean, we ran all the time. I hated the running part. And they they train a lot different now than when we train. Um, you know, we we ran a lot. We did a lot of. I remember one time. I think we ran like eighty eighties, and then one time we ran, no, we ran forty. We ran 80 40s and 40 80s one time. And then we came back and we ran 60 60. Then we ran quarters, had to run quarters in a certain any kind of Any kind of running I hate. Uh, I, I don't mind the lifting the weights and doing that, but man, that, that running stuff, I hated that stuff. And the, then you could, because you could, Bama Bino's pizza was right across the street. The bread yeah. companies, you know, was right there. So you could just smell the bread, you smell Bama Bino's. And you're trying to run, and you we tease everybody about halfway through that. 
you know, three quarters of the way through that track, that Bamabino elephant jumped on our back, you know, like, and you jumped, I said, I got this Bama Bino elephant on my back. I can't make it, you know. But but you smell that bread being baked, that flour's bakery, you know. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a good smell, but not when you're running. I can't. I'm probably the only guy that doesn't like the smell of fresh baked bread. Because it might, makes me want to throw up. So, but. <laughs> Did not know that. Roger's great stuff. Yeah. Sail on the page and Ivan the hash mark in the. We'll be talking to you again before season gets uh, gets started. Thank Absolutely. You, Roger. Hey, you got my number. All right, Lars. All right, man. Y'all take care. Good See talking you. to you. Hey, our uh, Bama segment on sports is sponsored by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker from Advantage Realty Group. We'll be right back. Summertime. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Man. Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street, across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and hot today, the high at 95. Fair tonight, the low 72. Tomorrow and Thursday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 94 and 97. Friday, partially sunny, a small chance of an afternoon thunderstorm, the high at 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Big Noon Sports. Thanks, Roger Schultz. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be talking to Tim Brando from Fox Sports. With Matt Lars, Justin, and the crew. Uh, lead story in all the world of sports is that Bronny James, LeBron's son, had, had a heart attack, cardiac arrest yesterday at the uh, USC basketball facilities, 926, according to this article. But uh, he was admitted. He was in intensive care. But uh, now he's already been moved. He has in stable condition. So thoughts and prayers go out to him. Uh, he's a big-time player with a big-time name, Lars, and uh, be a huge boost for uh, coaches basketball he can get in there and really contribute his first year. Is it a given yeah. he's going to go to the NBA after his first year? Well, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a given. Again, Bleacher Report, uh, where I used to work, uh, they do an excellent job of covering – 
NBA and the NBA draft. And right now they have Bronny James as a mid-second round pick. But he may still go because LeBron James has said repeatedly that one of the reasons he is still playing is because he wants to play one year with his son. And so if he is a, a second round pick that could give the Lakers some flexibility to try to acquire uh, Bronny James. And I believe it'd be the first time in NBA history that a father and son uh, have played on the same team. Um, but you know, look, that is that's down the road right now. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're all sort of just focused on 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 his health and um uh, again, it's a good sign that he has uh, been removed from the ICU. I mean, I do know a little bit about that. I've had uh, friends and family members in, in the ICU. And, um, you know, it, it generally means that they're no longer in grave danger. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scary story. And, you know, I was thinking about it from the perspective of LeBron and just uh you know being a dad and not only that he's a good dad you can tell he just he, he loves his kids and um and lebron you know for all the, the the superstars that we have what is the greatest uh misstep that lebron lebron has ever made i mean is it the decision right that that, that i mean seriously like lebron has never really disappointed us um, and and other, other than you know that, that that TV show, which is what in the grand scheme of things is nothing compared to uh, some you know uh, sins that others have uh, committed uh, in in a very high profile way. And uh, but uh, yeah, so next hour we're going to have uh, Tim Brando join us at one fifteen. I still want to get into the details of uh, of Jim Harbaugh and uh, what appears to be a four-game suspension over uh, recruiting violations, over recruiting investigation, really recruiting investigation, where he lied to NCAA investigators, uh, and that's not good. And this story was broke by Ross Dellinger, who uh, was at Sports Illustrated. I have the utmost respect for Ross. I think he is absolutely one of the top, not just college football reporters, but all sports reporters in the country. And he's now at Yahoo, uh, which uh, was a big get for uh, Yahoo. And Yahoo Sports is, is hiring several really good, really good um, college football guys. And uh, so just a little note, like if you, if you wanna follow uh, national college football news, Yahoo Sports is uh, is it's my go-to place right now over ESPN and, and all the other outlets, Matt. Are they hiring all the guys from the New York Times? And I'm guys. Yeah. yeah yes. Guys. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah absolutely. Uh, and uh, also, it's free. You don't. You don't, you, you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> it's free. Um, and you know, I, I still don't know if that model is going to work long term. For the athletic, I hope it does because the athletic does great uh, journalism. But I still don't know if people and I, it, it's hardly anything. It's like a, a dollar a, a month or something. It, it, it's almost free, 
but people just have a hard time paying for content that they are used to getting for free. Um, and that was a problem, an issue that should have been dealt with at the very beginning. Because once you give away content for free, Matt, it's hard to <laughs> convince people to pay for it. So anyway, Kinda mistakes like were made. Yeah. Once you let IL go, it's hard to stop it. All right, we need to take a break. More on Harbaugh, his potential suspension, and did he, in fact, lie? You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, you know Morgan. This should- Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to r and and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Well, hello again. Hour number two. Hour number two presented by Haley Fancing and Home Mortgage. Matt Large, Justin Tim Brando will be with us in about 15 minutes. Let's go back to the Harbaugh story that you were talking about at the end of last hour. Uh, Head coach Jim Harbaugh, NCAA Committee on Infractions, are negotiating a suspension, which could lead to him suspended for the first four games of the year. And this would be true no matter who they were playing, but it is interesting that they're all, that are East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. So, um, if that indeed is the case, uh, not the worst games to have to miss as a head coach, I guess is what I'm saying. However, no. uh, there, he is uh, being, he's accused of recruiting violations and then misleading information surrounding those allegations. That's pretty yeah. severe. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, right now, uh, Harbaugh and the NCAA are trying to, you know, negotiate a resolution. And everyone is expecting four games this season. And that stems from <clears throat> alleged false statements he originally made to investigators. And so 
the resolution or the suspension has to be approved by the NCA Committee of Infractions, and that could take days or weeks. Um, and uh, again, it looks like four games. Uh, they're all at home. Three of them are against Group of Five, so it'd just be cakewalks central here east carolina unlv bowling green although bowling green is not bad and then uh the final game is uh september 23rd uh michigan hosts rutgers uh who finished a um, whopping four and eight last season and you just you, you look at michigan and this is a loaded team uh last year they finished 13 and one um, and uh, they return most of the key pieces from that team. They'll most likely begin the preseason ranked inside the top five. And uh, But Harbaugh's suspension goes back to an NCAA investigation into recruiting violations committed by himself and Wolverine staff members. And the NCAA alleges that Harbaugh was dishonest about the recruiting violations in his initial meeting with investigators. Um, Harbaugh always strikes me as the kind of guy like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> um, well, now he, said he doesn't know if he did it because he can't remember what he said. He, he may not. I mean, I, I'm serious. Like, he, he honestly, he is... It, put it this way. If anyone were to not be able to remember something that transpired a few weeks earlier or a year earlier, I would say it'd be Jim Harbaugh. There's so much going on in that mind of his, you know, it, it, and, uh, you know, this comes from someone who wrote a 6,000 word piece on Jim Harbaugh called The Devil Wears Khakis. Uh, which he didn't really care for that story. I didn't come up with the headline. I actually thought it was a very fair story and a good story. But um, so uh, so Harbaugh, he maintained he just didn't recall the events when he first spoke to investigators and was never purposefully dishonest. And again, just based on knowing him, I, I, I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. However... Uh, if you lied, you lied, and uh, and it's it, uh, uh, another staff member, uh, former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald uh, at Michigan, who's now the D coordinator uh, with Jim, Jim's brother John for the Baltimore Ravens. He's expected to receive a one-year show cause penalty, and that basically means he's likely not going to be coaching in college football ever again and two other uh coaches are going to likely receive sanctions including the offensive coordinator sharon morn uh and uh tight ends coach uh grant newsom um and uh as far as the ncaa they consider lying to investigators a level one violation and that's the most serious on the uh, scale of violations. And it could carry a six game suspension and significant uh, recruiting restrictions according to NCA uh, statutes. But um, I, it, it appears that 
the cover-up, and this is so often the case, I mean, just ask uh, anyone in the Nixon White House about this, the cover-up was far worse than the crime itself <laughs> from the NCA's perspective, right? Uh, the the uh, NCAA, they cited, uh, when they did their uh, notice of allegations that they sent to Michigan, they cited four level two violations, including meeting with two recruits during a COVID-19 dead period, texting a recruit outside of an allowable time period, having analysts perform on the field coaching duties during practice and having coaches watching players work out via Zoom. So really, I mean, those those violations, Matt, they're they're ticky tack. I mean, they're they're violations. I get it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lying to the NCAA is ticky tack. Oh, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that the cover up that the line was far worse than the crime itself. Well, and, and I got I got to hold up on something else too. If somebody asked you and was pretty much asking you about potential recruiting violations, would you forget that? Uh, no, and I'm in no way. I, I, I'm just saying the the guy has a very uh, cluttered mind, and uh, I, I'm not I'm not uh, uh, supporting what he did at all. I'm just saying, like, if there's one coach I could see mistakenly doing this, it would be Harbaugh. Um, again, I'm not defending him. I'm just telling you, based on my own interactions with him, that he has trouble, you know, remembering, uh, you know, uh, what he had for dinner the previous night. Um, but I'm just saying that that, that, the, that the line, the line is worse, the cover-up, the cover-up yeah. is worse than the crime because uh, the, 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 the crimes were meeting with two recruits during a dead period, texting a recruit outside of a, a of allowable time, and having analysts on the field coaching during practice when coaches weren't supposed to be there and having coaches watch players work out via Zoom. Now, those are all, you, you can't do that, right? And uh, I, I'm not sure how the NCAA found out about it, um, but uh, Ohio anyway, today. Probably, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you lie to investigators, that, that's a serious, that's a serious matter. And, um, and you know, at, at first, Harbaugh held firm that he didn't lie. The NCA held firm that he did lie. And then Harbaugh said, well, I just forgot. I forgot. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he looks like a guilty, he looks like a guilty guy, uh, even as, again, as cluttered as his mind often is. Um, but big picture, Matt, uh, I don't think this really means much because the, he's not missing any significant games. Um, it, but I, I think it is just a, it's just another little, you know, another mark against him uh, that could be brought back up if Michigan starts to tank against specifically Ohio State. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I just, uh, you can't imagine Nick Saban ever lying to NCA investigators. Um, but, you know, uh, here we are with, with Harbaugh. Well, those are two totally different brains right there. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, I mean, one, I, I, think, I, I think Saban is just, he, he is a stickler for the rules. He's a stickler for the rules from everything I can ascertain. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I just don't put a lot of trust in the guy that eats a steak and drinks milk. I mean, where's, <laughs> where's your red wine? Where's the really nice glass of iced tea or something? Milk with a steak? Do you do that, Lars? Uh, I did when I was, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. But then, then my parents introduced me at a kind of a young age to uh, red wine. So just, you know, a glass of red wine with steak. It just, it works. Perfect. Yeah. Even I know that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm just not a big Harbaugh fan. Um, I'm not either. Um, I do. I'll, open-ended question. Maybe I'll throw this in a brand though and see if he just doesn't bring it right back at me, but what do you think Jeremy Pruitt thinks about this? He can't work in college football for six years. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, our show is being presented by Haley Sansing. You know, Mortgage will be back with Brando from Fox Sports in a moment. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to r and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and hot today, the high at 95. Fair tonight, the low 72. Tomorrow and Thursday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 94 and 97. Friday, partially sunny, a small chance of an afternoon thunderstorm, the high at 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. There we go again. Christian now is on the show before. Seen his dad did Miller Day. So occasionally things pop up. We don't know where they come from. But anyway, uh, we're, we're attempting to get Brando. Sometimes his, his schedule is so busy. He may be on a golf course. Uh, but anyway, um, he's usually really good about picking up, and he will, he will eventually do just that. Is it wrong of me to say, hey, what about, uh, what'd you do to Jeremy Pruitt uh, in reference to what happened or allegedly happened with Harbaugh and Big Ten the NCAA? 
Well, I, I think that's kind of apples and, and oranges, uh, but I know that uh, we have uh, Tim Brando up and ready. Timmy, how you doing today, my friend? Hello, uh, cheers. I'm good. Matt, how are you? Man, life's good, just like everybody else. It's a little hot. Are you in Louisiana now? Oh, yeah, I'm back home. I, I How hot is it there? Back. Oh, gosh. Too hot to play golf unless you're peeing off at, you know, 8.55 in the morning. I think that's where my cutoff point is. After, if you can't pee off before 9, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tim, we have been uh, just talking about Jim Harbaugh and uh, the fact that it, it looks like he's going to be suspended for four games for not being uh, or for offering allegedly false statements to NCAA investigators. Um, yeah. Have you been following this story and just your your thoughts on it? Well, it's an old story. It's one that we've heard about before. It's, it's kind of like bringing back uh, it's a slow news day a good time to have this pop so people have something to talk about okay other than the same usual stuff maybe it will end the uh, uh, you know college football is a disaster the NIL is a transfer I'm, I'm so sick and tired of hearing that on a daily basis everywhere and then of course every time the season begins it's like now let's talk about ball and how, how great is this ratings are better than they've ever been competition looks fantastic so um, yeah, the NCAA is a toothless operation in terms of enforcement of anything that's major. This is, to me, a slap on the wrist, even though it's four games, potentially, if this is what's going to happen, okay, it's still four games. The only conference game he'll miss is Rutgers, okay, on the 23rd, and everybody else on the schedule is basically the Big Ten equivalent of Georgia's non-conference schedule. There, <laughs> There's nothing there. I mean, it's just, so it, it they'll be fine he, if Jim has to miss four games these are in the pantheon of, of, of games missed by any head coach at Michigan probably the greatest quartet of games you could possibly miss uh, look the NCAA infractions committee through the years they've been sticklers on on truth you know it, to me it, it wakes up it's it's, it's a lot like the, the Bruce Pearl story years ago at Tennessee. You know, Bruce told the kid that wound up playing point guard at Ohio State that, uh, hey, you know, you, need, you need, come over here, we're going to have some barbecue, but don't tell anybody about this because it's a, a violation. Well, he had to admit he had to admit that he did that, and it cost him years of his career. Now, this, these are different times, right? They, they, they are different times, and it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar to me. Um you know, it shouldn't cost him his job, but it, but yeah, does he should he be sanctioned? Uh, yeah, and 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 serving four games, I think uh, it looks good from the standpoint of saying, well, we suspended him for four games, which you know what the Michigan hierarchy is like, uh, and how politically correct as an institution they always want to be. But beyond that, uh, I don't see much to it. I don't think it's gonna impact college football or even the Big Ten greatly at all. Tim, Tim uh, uh, similar thoughts on Tennessee and the six-year show cause for Jeremy Pruitt. Well, it, 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 <laughs> that's a... I don't know. 
to be perfectly honest with you on the Jeremy Pruitt thing, that was, I don't think that you can, I mean, what he did was, was way over the top. And I don't think the guy should be coaching again at the collegiate level. Uh, I really don't. Um, telling the truth to the NCAA and infractions committee is a very important thing, yes. But this is, you know, Tennessee's situation and Pruitt's in particular, in my opinion, uh, I think Lars said it best, it's apples and oranges. Uh, I don't think you can compare these circumstances to that. I know fans like to do that, especially fans of the SEC. But, you know, look, uh, Jeremy Pruitt was, that, that was a, that was a complete travesty what went on under his regime uh, at Tennessee. And and I think you, you'd have to go all the way back to, you know, maybe the uh, DuBose era at Alabama to find anything remotely similar to it. It was like not ready for prime time, not ready to be a head coach, not ready to take on the responsibility. You know, for the most part, I think Jim Harbaugh has been a really good college football coach. And he has done much of, much of his success at Michigan has been done without a hell of a lot of help from his administration. You know, uh, Michigan, for fans in the Southeastern Conference, and especially in your specific area, Michigan is nothing like Ohio State in terms of the support and infrastructure that's needed to be great. Uh, Harbaugh has really had to do and be creative in a lot of ways to get his program where it is. I think he's done uh, a tremendous job. Whereas with Ohio State, there's so much already there that is taken care of by the administration for you if you're Ryan Day. You know, shame on you if you lose a game. And that's why the pressure to win every game is so great on him in Columbus. In Michigan, uh, it's not as important as it is at Ohio State. It's not. Uh, so they're really happy when they see Big Ten titles. That's fine. You know, they, they have not shown the inclination uh, that Ohio State has in terms of we desperately need to hold the crystal and say we're national champions. Big Ten titles are fine with them. You know, remember, as great as Bo Schembechler was, he never won a national championship. He never did. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, people forget that. And and Bo is still revered uh, much in the same manner that, that uh, Woody Hayes is in Columbus. Bo is in Michigan, yet he never won a national championship. Tim, I, I wanted to ask you this uh, a little while back, but uh, a few weeks ago, you went out to L.A. for your annual Fox Summit, and uh-huh. uh, we used to have those uh, writers' summits for, at Sports Illustrated and at, at Bleacher Report. Um, can you just kind of take us through what, what that's like? Are, are you guys looking at the schedule? Do you put in for games that you want to call, or is it just okay. sort of uh, uh, just a review of uh, – what to do and what not to do. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of that. Hey, you know, from a, a corporate standpoint, and I've, I've done it for every network I've worked for, uh, and each one is is unique, but they all share a common thread, and that is uh, they, they want to make certain from a corporate standpoint that the I's have been dotted and the T's have been crossed and uh, the announcers know what, uh, you know, what is, what is, is expected and uh and what uh you know can't be tolerated 
those those little things need to be discussed. I say little, but they are big. They're important. But after a few years, you you know what you're about to the the information you're about to give. The thing that uh, that I really love about Fox is versus any of the others I've ever been to. And listen, I had great times at uh, all the ones that I went to at both CBS and at ESPN. But and I even went to a couple at Turner when I was there with regard to the NBA uh, playoffs uh, in the mid nineties. The, the the thing with Fox that I love is that it, uh, it becomes a celebration. Uh, we always have some some hook to our season, and I don't mean just the college season, but Fox Sports as a whole. And this year is the 30th anniversary. The 30th uh, anniversary season will end the college football and NFL season in the year 2024, and that will mark the 30th anniversary of Fox's existence, which was all about football. So. Uh, the celebration of football uh, at a time when uh, uh, you know football has been, I think, the greatest catalyst to more television viewership uh, is is pretty important when you think about the fact that it's not Fox's uh, cable operation is FS1 and it does well, but Fox is an over-the-air network uh, which can be compared to CBS, ABC, and NBC. Uh, carries more live uh, football than than anybody else, and has more viewers of live football than anybody else. And uh, you know, we celebrated that while we were on our uh, summit, as you like to call it. And uh, it's great, you know, to share that same enthusiasm and enjoyment of it. You know, I get to run into guys that I that do what I do, but I don't normally get to see while I'm doing. You know, Terry Bradshaw I've known since I was eight years old. And, I get to see Terry, you know, at least once a year uh, in Louisiana when he comes back to Louisiana Tech for a golf outing, and I get to see him, you know, out in in California when when we're getting ready to start the college football season. So it's it's fun to run into those guys and to share, uh, you know, what they're seeing and what I'm seeing at the same time. We have a lot of fun. It's very relaxed. You know, we're not a uh, we're not a country club casual uh, where you're your best of threads the meetings group we we show up in uh, flip-flops and, and golf shorts you know when we have our meeting <laughs> and we we play some golf at Terranea where we are and uh, once I was done I made sure that my group uh, my producer and I and Chris Myers is an old friend we started together in local television in New Orleans and Baton Rouge in the 80s and uh uh, Chris and his producer and and uh, and I, I, my producer and myself, we went out to Trump National right across the street and played 18 holes of golf before we left. It was uh, it was fun, and uh, that's kind of what we try to attempt. And there, listen, we not we're never going to be able to pick our games. That's never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> the only guys that get to pick their games or have any influence on games that are selected are the the lead broadcasters, whether it's uh, Nance and Romo at CBS or uh, 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 Al Michaels and who he uh, used to work with at NBC or uh, in college football at our place Gus and, and uh, Joel Clatt I'm sure have uh, input on what uh, games that they would love to be a part of but in the end uh, the suits are, uh, are going to put us where they want us to be and we're going to smile and say thank you we're excited to be wherever the hell we're going to go so that's how uh, that works. It always works. 
one more question uh, before we go to break. And, and Tim, can you hang around for another segment? Yeah, I'd be happy. Okay, to. great. Um, Thank you. This is a, a career question, uh, and one that I would ask you. Uh, maybe I did ask you when you joined uh, my class a little while back. And thank you again uh -huh. for that. Um, was there has there been something you've said on air? We're just like, oh man, I can't get that one back. And you get home, and and Mrs. Brando is like, hmm, because <laughs> 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 uh, I'm sure you know, she, I'm sure she's your biggest fan and can be your biggest critic, right? That's just how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think anything that I've ever said necessarily warranted that from her. Although last year. And you guys will remember this. If you if you don't, you can Google it and you'll see it. It was week one of the college football season, and uh, we had done a game on Friday night. We did two games the first weekend of college football. We had a Friday night game in Bloomington, Indiana. We had Illinois and Indiana on a Friday night, and uh, Fox wanted to us because it was a in, in close proximity to Madison, Wisconsin. So they said, can you do two games uh, in two days? And so I said, well, one game was on Friday night, and the next game is at uh, 3.30 Eastern time the next day in Madison, Wisconsin. And they're playing uh, Illinois State. So, uh, of course, Spencer and I said, yeah, fire it up. You know, we've got plenty of time to rest up. Let's play two. You know, I'm using the old Ernie Banks thing. Yeah. And uh, the first game was a great game, went to overtime. Uh, Indiana did pull it out against a very good Illinois team. Illinois actually should have won the game. Didn't win it, but it was a hell of a game. Fun game. Brett Bielema's team played really well. But uh, the next night uh, at Madison, it's a blowout. The game is 24 nothing uh, midway second quarter. It's 31 nothing as we're heading into the uh, fourth quarter. At the end of the third quarter, uh, as you know, in Madison, at Camp Randall, they uh, have this great tradition of playing uh, jump, you know, the song. And everybody's going nuts with jump. And so Spencer and I, they call me Toe Tap and Timmy D for a reason. Uh, Spencer <laughs> and I start dancing in the, in the press box. And uh, while we're, you know, in our broadcast position, and we had a, a camera in the press box with us that was behind us that we used for the opening. Of, uh, of our show and it sort of stays there and in the period post-COVID uh, it's an unmanned camera that's always there in other words if we're if they need us to go on camera they'll always pop that that, that camera on we'll turn around uh, with our backs to the stadium to the field and look at the camera and do something well uh, while we were dancing our producer and director decided that they would take a shot a picture I thought, you know, because they had the stage, people in the stadium going nuts, jumping up and down, and they, they wanted to see that. So without our knowledge, they took a picture of us, of a video shot of, of Spencer and I, and at the moment that that happened, uh, I stumbled over the, the wire that my headphones were on. I I stumbled, and I fell on, on Spencer's back. <laughs> Literally, it looked like from the, from the position the camera was in, it almost appeared as though I was accosting Spencer from the back side. And it was a, a really awkward moment uh, and position. For, you know, and we were laughing really? the whole time. 
Yeah, and so it went viral. I think I got over, we got over 4 million hits on TikTok, which I guess for my daughter's generation was like, hey, Dad, you're on TikTok. You got 4 million hits. Uh, but for Dad and for my wife, it was uh, rather embarrassing, yes. So <laughs> Mr. Brando did hear about that from uh, Mrs. Brando after the game was over, but... Uh, and it was awkward, but it was funny because uh, I made light of it. A few, uh, a few, as you might expect, websites uh, called the the move uh, the mo the moment cringeworthy. That it was a cringeworthy moment, and and uh, we, uh, you know, you got to own it. I laughed it off and said what I did about it, and uh, and we move on for another day. But anybody that knows anything about uh, me, and especially my past, is that I was an old. Uh, my, my wedding was a disco dance. Uh, it was. We we danced in the booth a lot of times. The music being played, and this this particular moment, I had a I stumbled and I stumbled on top of my partner's back, and <laughs> it was there for the world to see. So yeah, uh, we, and, we uh, moved on. The world did see it because I remember watching it when it went viral, and I went, "Oh man!" And you used the perfect <laughs> word, and you got to move on. But uh, yeah. it was awkward. It's awkward. Let's just leave it right there. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was funny. Awkward. It was all those things and more. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Back with more big news sports. Get a great deal. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Hey, back on Big Noon Sports, presented by 80 Cent, and you know more Tim Brando, Fox Sports, is our guest. Uh, Tim, Big Ten's uh, teeing it up, media days. Uh, what do you think is the uh, – Deion Sanders can't make it. Is there anything you can share on the inside as to his health and how you think he's going to do his first year as the Buffalo said coach? I, you know, look, a lot of people, there are a lot of doomsayers out there on Dion. Uh, and look, the schedule is – uh, is really rough. But I think it's what he wants. It certainly creates a great deal of attention in his first season. And there's more buzz about a team that 
that <laughs> that that uh, doesn't warrant buzz, maybe in the history of college football. Which, you know, you got to credit Dion for all of that. You do. Uh, the administration, I think. What I'm going to be really interested in is how Colorado, as an institution and administratively, uh, deals with Dion's approach. To this point, they seem to be in lockstep with uh, Prime, and and I, I see no reason for them not to be. But you know, he is in a place where. From a political point of view, the game is not the same as it would have been, you know, anywhere else in the country that he's ever been a head coach in before and at this level before. Uh, you know, the history at Colorado, uh, when you go back to their success under McCartney, the success they had even with Gary Barnett before uh, the issues that Barnett went through that led to the demise of the program and then later Dan Hawkins, who I think had no chance to be successful because he had no administrative support and uh, the political world around him in the Boulder area became so, so very woke. Uh, it became almost impossible for him to to be able to be successful. And it's a sad thing because uh, that's a beautiful place. Folsom Fields is a great home field environment, maybe the most picturesque, uh, in college football, it, it's way up there in terms of beauty, uh, and and you just it's a it's a postage stamp location. The stadium itself uh, needs some work. Uh, it needs they need to update it in a lot of different ways. But if you're just there uh, to do the game and you get past the fact that okay, this didn't look really good on my way to the uh, press box to call the game. You're up there. Once you get there and you look out, it's like, my God, this is gorgeous. So uh, Colorado has a chance to be really, really good. And they have now said, you know what, Dion, take us there. Well, this is the way he wants to go about doing it. And dressing the program down and starting from scratch and doing things that no other Division One head football coach has ever done has been startling to many. And it's drawn a great deal of criticism from – not just uh, some fans, but from from some media pundits as well. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be very easy if they get shelled in their opening game, which they could, okay? They, they could get hammered against TCU. They could also get hammered, uh, who knows, when they play, they play Nebraska uh, right after that. Uh, and both of those games are going to be on Fox. So a lot of eyeballs would be on those games. How do they handle that, and how do they react to and persevere through what what could be happening to the program negatively if you're at the onset of Dion's regime? Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. I think he can get to you know three or four wins, which from where Colorado was, three or four wins is actually a really good step in the right direction. But how will the institution, how will the administration uh, handle what's going on through the course of the year with Dion? Because he is a media mogul on a daily basis with what he does with OutKick and everything else. Uh, excuse me, Barstool, not OutKick. Uh, with what he does with Barstool, he's a, he's, he's a walking reality show. And so how does that wear during the course of a season 
when maybe things aren't going as well, and he's going through some things at this level of college football that he's not yet done as a head football coach. That, to me, is the entry, uh, more so than even the, the record at the end of the year. Um, but I would say a, a three- or four-win season would be have, would have to be considered a success uh, at Colorado. Tim, it is uh, the Big Ten's turn to take uh, center stage this week as players and coaches from all 14 teams go to Indy for two days of interviews for the Big Ten Media Days. Um, Is the number one story that you're looking at, uh, basically, can anyone challenge the Big Three in the Big Ten? And the Big Three, obviously, are Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Yeah, I think they can, and I think they will. Uh, I think that the, the national uh, perspective on the Big Ten is grossly misjudged uh, because I've seen enough of it to know that programs like Minnesota, Iowa, even though Iowa's got an abysmal offense, but they've got – look at the numbers for Kirk Ferentz through the years. He always seemingly finds a way. And they have been on the national map, it seems, every handful of years. The Hawkeyes are right there. I mean, they were up to number two in the country just a couple of years ago with an anemic offense. Um, Wisconsin, with Luke Fickle coming in, look out. I think that's a team that can really get hot. Illinois is one of the fast-improving programs under Brett Bielema. He is the right guy at the right time. Uh, now, they do have the divisions this year, get away from them next year. But I do think that, yeah, there are more than just those those teams that you were mentioning, those the, the big three, so to speak. Uh, bottom line, this week for me is going to be uh, the narrative. Will it really be about football, which is what it ought to be? And I think the new commissioner, uh, Tony Petiti, can help with that narrative in his open, opening statements. I think that Commissioner Petiti is uh, hardwired for success. And I think along with Greg Sankey and the relationship that those two have already developed and uh, the progressive nature of their colleague Brett Dormark in the Big 12, these guys have an opportunity to really take college football into its uh, its next generation of, of success uh, and lead by not, not example, not just example, but lead through inclusion which we need more of in college football will that be the narrative which I hope that it is or are we going to get all caught up in someone trying to win a Pulitzer you know doing a hard you know a hard investigative you know two day uh, probing of Northwestern's football problems okay and where the Northwestern football program goes and uh, what's the What's the situation with regard to the, the president uh, really practicing due diligence, okay, in uh, respect to the situation with the hazing, the alleged hazing, and the uh, circumstances surrounding uh, the program now, you know, where they go from here, and potential litigation for the lawsuits. If, we, if they get caught up in all of that, I think the Big Ten misses the mark. Uh, at its media days. I hope that is not the case. I hope they find a way to control that because that's the issue here. And it's one of the reasons why when you guys asked me about the situation with Northwestern, I told you that we need to table that conversation. 
until we have more information. We still don't have it. And the only thing we do know is the president has admitted that he didn't read the report before he made the decision to only go with, uh, you know, a, a two-week suspension. Well, that kind of admission, in my mind, is wor- that's worthy of his losing his job, if true. Uh, and yet, Fitz finds himself in the position that he's in, and he is, I think, going to probably fire back and say, the only way we're going to get uh, transparency is through my lawsuit against you as a program. That, that to me, is going to be the interesting thing to watch. How is that narrative played out through the media? And the Big Ten has a lot to do with that, how they handle it from a public relations standpoint at these upcoming uh, meetings. And now with the situation in Michigan uh, as an addendum, okay, uh, you know how the media works, Lars. You get, you get a situation like the one in Northwestern. You got a feeding frenzy there. Now this news coming from the NCAA relative to Harbaugh. And again, this is to me, this is so NCAA. To come out with an announcement right before they have their media day that they're going to give Harbaugh four games or what was a story we knew a long time ago about. They could have weighed in on long before. And yet now they do it. Uh, I think they have to brush all of that off and present themselves as, you know, the powerful conference that they are. And the one that, along with the SEC, has the greatest chance of helping move the sport in total in the right direction for the short and long-term future. Hey, Timmy, thank you. Timmy, Always, my man. Yeah, such great Love stuff. Love being on with you. Such great it's stuff. I uh, really appreciate it. That's, uh, you know what you're going to get with Tim Brando? He's going to shoot you straight. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. We have him on more than occasionally. And we'll be back with more big news sports with a uh, with a breaking story. Um, the man that hits very, very close to home to one Lars Anderson. Um, we'll explain that in a minute. Just worth hanging around for. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to r and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny and hot today, the high at 95. Fair tonight, the low 72. Tomorrow and Thursday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 94 and 97. Friday, partially sunny, a small chance of an afternoon thunderstorm, the high at 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Back on Big Noon Sports. Had a great show today. Our guest included Roger Schultz, former um, All-American Center at University of Alabama. And then we just finished up with Tim Brando from Fox Sports. During the tail end of that interview, you sent me a text message, uh, DJ Hernandez, and you know this guy really well, don't you? He's been a he's been arrested. I'll let you pick it up from here. Yeah, um, I think I need to be careful what I say. Um, you want me to just read them? Because I'm potentially like a witness in this thing. Um, Several years ago, let me just, I'll just give a little, a little background. Uh, A few years ago, um, my literary agent was contacted by Dennis Hernandez. Uh, He goes by DJ now. Um, And uh, DJ is the brother of Aaron Hernandez. um, The former boss, former um, New England Patriot tight end, who was convicted of murder and ended up taking his own life in prison. And DJ and I collaborated and wrote a book um, about it called The Truth About Aaron. And uh, it was an extremely hard book to write um, because I could just tell how conflicted DJ was uh, and I, he lives in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, where he grew up and where Aaron grew up. And I went up to Bristol and uh, spent a lot of time with DJ and uh, and their uh, Aaron and DJ's mom, um, with DJ's wife, uh, his, his small child at the time, and um, you know it was it was extremely hard book to write because I it was just hard it, it, it was hard because the, the topic is hard and I, again I just don't think I can go into that much detail um, and I have been in contact with DJ recently but um, this is a story that is just breaking that DJ has been arrested for allegedly planning school shootings at the University of Connecticut and Brown University, according to TMZ. Uh, Documents obtained by the Bristol Bristol, uh, Police Department indicate that police stated DJ Hernandez showed signs of, quote, grave, uh, of being gravely disabled and a danger to society, unquote, and included threats to kill, quote, anyone who profited off his older brother, Aaron, unquote. And then a uh, woman claiming to be DJ's ex, who uh, who I met and really liked her very, very much. Uh, she uh, told police that he was supposed to go to court. Uh, he had a court date on July 7th. Instead, he drove to Brown University and Yukon and, quote, went into a number of classrooms and buildings, unquote. Another person told police they believed he had traveled to the campuses in order to plan school shootings. So, uh, and there's more to it. Um, 
but but Matt, I, I just out of I I just don't know if I should comment anymore because uh, again I have been in contact with DJ and we've been you know texting and and I, I just uh, I think I probably need to shut my mouth at this point. Yeah, um, I would agree, and just just don't proceed. We'll just deal with just the facts, ma'am, and yes. uh, move from there. But it's just an incredibly troubling story. Uh, God, it seems like we get dealt one of these every week. I know it's not that often, but it certainly is. A, it's potentially a tragic situation. I'm glad that authorities were able to figure out what he was doing. And evidently, people around him were suspect, too, and they contributed here as well. But, I mean, I don't know. There are so many vile acts in our country today. that, And I think... but. School shootings are at another level for me. Um, I just, I don't, you know, I haven't been in a ton of contact with him. And again, I I, I really, I really think I shouldn't say anything. Yep. Be quiet. Be quiet. All right. Yep. Uh, Let's, let's, let's see. Oh, you know what else is going on this week? The AAC Media Day. Of which they have a brand new, brand new member, UAB, Blazers. Um, and you really don't know how to judge a team when they're coming from a different conference into a stronger one, how they'll be able to compete at that level. But the pundits, you know, and this is uh, this is more of a guess than what they did in the SEC. UAB's been picked eight, Lars. I just... I don't know. I, you know, you can I, put a piece I'm sure, together and figure I'm out. I'm sure Trent Dilfer loves that. He loves that. Uh, yeah, but you know, it was one, it was a surprise team to me last year. It, they won't sneak up on anybody this year, but Tulane is a member of the AAC. And, you know, the Green Wave ended up finishing ranked 11th last year. Was that right? Something. Uh, something yeah, close they, yeah, to they that. Played, yeah. And um, I don't know. There's something about Tulane that I've always really, really liked. And it seems like they're either a really competitive football program or they stink on ice. And right now, they're at the pinnacle. And uh, they got their quarterback coming back. A lot of the team that uh, had some big wins last year. So uh, go Green Wave, unless they play UAB. And that, that reminds me, Lars, I was going to look up what UAB's schedule is this year since they are in a new time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Okay, so tomorrow... Play Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they can pull the upset off just like you and I... Or at least I predicted it in what? It was like 48-0 at halftime (laughs) last year. Um, You don't get... Okay, so... uh, Yeah. Next uh, tomorrow, I really do want to dig into the storylines that are going to be coming out of the Big Ten media days, and uh, and because I, don't you agree? It's 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 the SEC and the Big Ten and everyone else. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and so what is going to be transpiring up in uh, Indianapolis? I think uh, is 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 worthy for all of us in SEC country to be paying attention to. And, um, 
and we'll, we'll see how uh, everything transpires there. And when it's always entertaining when when uh, Jim Harbaugh meets with the media, it's it's a completely different vibe, by the way. And I've attended several Big Ten media days, so we can get into that. It's a completely different vibe than SEC media days. Uh, and uh, I, I can explain uh, the difference. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to, to why that is, but we'll have to pick that up tomorrow. Let's wrap it up, Lars. Say goodbye, Lars. All right, everybody stay safe.